Hello, I'm Colin Gilchrist, CEO and founder of Union Kitchen. And this is Food Founders, stories from launch to scale. In this episode of Food Founders, we speak with Veggie Confetti founder, Kelsey Tressel. Kelsey, a color connoisseur with a background in food retail, launched Veggie Confetti in 2018. What started as a hobby, pickling vegetables in her home, grew to a successful brand that's now on shelves all over Mid-Atlantic and Northeast regions. Veggie Confetti brings bold color and big flavor to make your meal look as good as it tastes. Hi, Kelsey. Hey, Colin. How's it going? It's going very well. <laughs> Happy that we get to have this conversation. There, there's no video, uh, but Kelsey is, uh, is about to give birth, and uh, she's been so kind to come here and have this conversation with me regardless. Exactly. Due date was yesterday, and I had to hold off for the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> good. This is important content. All right. So just to start us off, why don't you kind of introduce yourself? Like, who is Kelsey? You know, where you're from? And uh, how did you end up in the world of food? Yeah, definitely. Um, so my name's Kelsey Tressler. Um, I'm from the Washington, D.C. area. So local-ish, born and raised here. And I guess, like, how did I end up in the world of food? Prior to uh, starting Veggie Confetti, I have always worked for different retail companies and retail management and have worked for brands that are extremely value driven. So when I got out of school, I was super interested in food and ready to take the next step and had to take some prerequisite classes before wanting to jump back into a nutrition degree. And while I was doing that, I ended up working for Lululemon Athletica. And I think that really starting working for a company like that, it was so interesting because it was a brand that I loved, but I, when I started working for them, I saw behind the curtain and just how it was this big, amazing business that I could be a part of. And so worked for Lululemon Athletica for a period of time, then got to work for Whole Foods, um, which obviously was a great asset before starting your own food business. Of course. And then worked for Blue Bottle Coffee. So I think what, what these companies all really showed me is I was working at these places where I it didn't feel like I was at work. I felt like I was living their brand and their mission and would just find myself in my spare time constantly making up logos or business ideas or food products, whatever it was. And so I always knew that one day I would probably start something. I just didn't know what it was. And then I... When did you start Veggie Confetti? I started Veggie Confetti, um, I think it was summer of 2018. Gotcha. So a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, maybe two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago. And then so you're, you're working in food, in yep. food retail, thinking that you're going to want to use these skills, maybe do your own thing right. at some point. Exactly. That, right. And I think it was, it was kind of one of those things where it was always like a what if. It wasn't like a sure thing. It was just waiting for the timing and the right idea and all those, the magic things that kind of perfectly come together. Yeah. Well, they did. You started your company in 2018. So before I started Union Kitchen in 2012, every job I had prior to that was entirely about how can I learn enough about this industry so I could start a business one day? Yeah. Were you being pretty intentional about that in those, you know, how many ever years before 2018? Like, okay, I want to go the extra mile here. I want to learn more here. You know, I'll sign up for the next class or yeah. I'll stay late and, you know, merchandise the broccoli. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I think definitely it was, it was a little bit of both. It was, I almost didn't see, I think I was lucky enough to be getting this education and 
I was 50% aware of how awesome it was. But, you know, now having left that world, I'm like, wow, I really was able to absorb so much just from working in those industries. So it was a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are great companies. Yeah. Certainly value driven. Very value driven. Um, so, so you started in 2018. So, yeah. so tell us about Veggie Confetti and kind of like what, what's the passion that yeah. drove you to start this? Yeah. I started in 2018 and I guess didn't even really know I was getting started. And I think how I got started is I've always been a foodie my entire life and have just loved, loved food and then have kind of like also loved creativity and design and aesthetics and was spending a lot of time just doing food photography at home. And then a lot of time just investing in my own understanding of nutrition and food and what eating whole foods means. And uh, I belong to a CrossFit gym. So just finding out how the best way to fuel my body um, and was kind of found, I guess, just a lot of joy in creating meals that were nutritionally dense, beautiful to photograph and put on my Instagram and beautiful and enjoyable to eat. So spent spent a lot of time doing that and found out that what was jumping out in all these different places was color was like the biggest thing that was coming up um, as something that was nutritionally dense and driving my workouts. Color was showing up on how I was taking my food photography and how how engaging my pictures were. So how I was adding or manipulating color. And then that color was really like how people were responding to my food photography or when I was at work and I'd open up my meal prep container and they would say, oh my gosh, like, what is that? Did you, did you make that? So I truly was looking for more pops of color and flavor to add to my food. And I started pickling onions and I just kept experimenting and looking at what other people were doing online or to find a recipe and give it a shot and say, oh, that color wasn't dense enough for my food photography. So I want to try again and make it more dense or whatever it was and was literally pickling these onions, taking pictures and just kind of, like I said before, was always on Canva or, you know, a design app, like creating logos. And next thing I knew, I was like, oh, this is just like veggie confetti. I'm putting it on everything. And you're doing all this at home. Correct. This is your free time. You're at home. Yep. Just having fun, messing around with this. Exactly. Yeah. So it was totally free time, totally for fun. And I think one of my goals that I had written down, Lululemon is all about, it's a goal-driven organization and really like creating your life based on goals. And I think I had written down one of my goals is I want to get my next job through my Instagram profile, which I was trying to build with like food photography, right? Yeah. So, you know, while I wasn't employed, while I didn't get a job with a company, I did kind of, you know, create my own. You made your job. Made my job. So, I, you know, that's always kind of cool to think about is like that passion just turned into something completely different. Very cool. So what is Veggie Confetti? So Veggie Confetti, we are pickled vegetables and we're all about bold color and big flavor. And we're a topping for a salad, toast, tacos, and everything in between. So the idea is completely to make food more fun to make, eat, enjoy, and look at. We know we eat with our eyes as much as we eat with our stomachs. So the goal is really to have people, um, it's the worst feeling when you open up your fridge and you're just like, oh, what am I going to make? 
Like I, I don't have anything in this fridge. I have sad green spinach or yellow mustard, yellow mustard, <laughs> you know, just no, nothing that's like looking enticing to you. So it's everything from the experience of opening up your fridge and seeing a hot pink bag of pickled onions or the jalapenos, whatever it is, and being like, wow, I can make avocado toast today at home that's as good, if not better, as the one I'm paying for down the street. Or mm-hmm. motivated to make your breakfast tacos because you have that little extra topping of pickled cabbage, whatever it is. So it's really about, you know, it's as much about that these are vegetables, but really about how can we make food more colorful, fun, and just delicious to eat. Yeah, I mean, having your product in in your fridge allows you to kind of take everything you're eating to the next level. You know, I'm always throwing pickled onions or the pickled jalapenos on just about everything I'm eating. Yeah. Like, you know, it would be better if I put this on top. (laughs) Exactly. I always wanted to do a tagline like, we're the icing on the cake, but for the world of vegetables (laughs) or really everything else. That's, you know, you're going the right direction. Yeah. You have to workshop that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, you've been doing this for, for two and a half years. The company has, has grown a decent amount. You're, yeah. you're in what we talk about as phase three. So, you know, really starting to grow the company uh, regionally, looking at how you're going to manufacture at a larger scale, getting mm-hmm. into the world of kind of continuous manufacturing, yeah. working with new distributors, maybe brokers, kind of all those fun things that happen at that level when you're kind of in that $200,000 sales. Well, anyways, that's where you are right now. You've done some awesome things during that time. What are you focusing on right now? Like, what's what's what is your job at the company, and mm-hmm. do you have other people at the company with you? Mm-hmm. So right now, I, I think for all entrepreneurs, you're a little bit always going to be the jack of all trades, but your trades hopefully get more and more precise or specific. So in the beginning, I was physically doing the manufacturing myself, physically doing the distributing myself. <laughs> and as you get some of those things taken off your plate, you have more t- more time to focus on other things. But I think right now, the, the biggest focus has been building a team, building a manufacturing team um, and a team who can function completely on their own and help me scale Veggie Confetti. And so that team you know, has to do with people, a supervisor and team members, but it also has to do with building out continuous manufacturing, like you said, in terms of equipment and things of that nature. So the biggest thing right now is how do we scale Veggie Confetti's production so we can reach more people? And then you can do kind of the other things. Exactly. So we think of the companies a lot, and I always talk about this, you have manufacturing, mm-hmm. right? And you got to get in there and you got to get good at it. Yeah. You've spent a lot of time working on that. Yeah. Now you're taking those things you've learned, you're training a team, yep. and then now you get to work on like next level stuff like machines with conveyor belts and yep. you know scales, whatever. Yeah. You've got sales, which is a huge part of a consumer packaged good company. You mm-hmm. got to sell. Yep. I mean, you have to always be selling. So, you know, if you do more of the manufacturing and you train the team to do that, you can step away. Then you can go and sell. Exactly. And then the other bucket which is, you know, the, the least cool is the administration. You know, you got to run your company. You got to yeah. make sure there's money there. You know, maybe you have to raise money. Maybe you have to just make sure that your, your QuickBooks is accurate. Yeah. So what is kind of, as you tighten up the manufacturing, mm-hmm. build that team, where do you want to see your efforts going towards? Like, you know, you've got 40 hours in a week or yeah. you have 80 hours in a week, you know, mm-hmm. however you want to think about it. Yeah. How much of that's going towards something else? 
what is it? Manufacturing. Yeah. So I think for me, it has to do with sales. And then I think also I spoke earlier just about design and aesthetics. So it would also be just marketing and branding. So really building out, um, you know, I think what's like interesting is I, I didn't invent pickled onions. I didn't invent pickled jalapenos. I just have created an awesome recipe and branded them in a way that is like almost like more user friendly. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to spend more time just building out what does our brand mean? What are offshoot products that work for that that are veggie confetti, but maybe not pickled vegetables. So if I could do anything for 40 hours a week, it would be (laughs) all branding and marketing. Well, and I think is that, you know, like branding and marketing to some degree is almost like passive sales, right? right. You're out there, people see it, right? or they engage with it, they hear about it, and it's passively. And then you have the active side of sales, mm-hmm. which is like beating the street, yep. you're in stores, and selling. Yes. <laughs> and that is, I think, I think that's like people really underestimate. They're always like, how did you get on shelf? Or how did you get to the, you know, 70 stores that you're in today? And it truly is like, it's nothing simpler than being in the stores, making contact with people, and just following up, following up, following up. Not taking so, no for an answer. Not taking no for an answer, knowing like you're never annoying and that you, no matter how many times you show up, it's not annoying. It's just you doing your job. But that also has been like the most exciting and fun part is you got to get on shelf. You got to go back. You got to talk to the same grocery buyer again and again. So I think it's just, you know, that I've been doing that regionally here in DC, talking to grocery buyers, but it's like, how are we taking that to the next level and growing yeah. out of this region and things like that? Yeah. You know, you can only, as one person, visit so many stores. Exactly. In such a, you know, range exactly. of, of geographic. So. Yeah. Yes, that is the next phase. Building a, I guess, a sales or sales program, sales team. a yeah. team, brokers, and, you know, there's a lot there. Yeah. What was your first sale? Like, what was the first time you went into a store, you know, not counting yeah. a union kitchen? Yeah. And uh, you tried to sell. Was it hard? Was it easy? Was it what you thought? Yeah. It was, it was hard. It wasn't completely what I thought. And I think the first experience I had was at a Yes Organic Market in D.C., and, and this is like a question people ask all the time. It's like, what, who do you ask for when you go in the store? What do you say? And I, I always say, just like find your point of contact. And it honestly doesn't matter who it is. Just keep going back to that same person. <laughs> so I think... Even if it's like just the, the person at the register? Even if it's just the person at the register. So whoever, the, whoever my point of contact was, I would go to that person every time because then you're going to find your next point of contact and your next point of contact and so on and so forth. So I think um, at that, yes, I had like started to befriend the um, produce buyer who eventually was like, the manager works on this day. So why don't you come back on this day and meet the manager? Perfect. So then I was able to go back and meet the manager. And after probably three weeks of visiting Yes Organic Market, going back, and working my way up, finally got in touch with the manager and was able to make the sale into that specific Yes Organic Market. And then what's so important there is you start with your first store and then that manager was able to set me up in all the rest of the stores. Yeah. So yeah, it's challenging and you know, it's really hard. You you walk in and you think you have this product that's all beautiful and tidy and ready to go and then the produce manager doesn't have um, doesn't have time a day. He's stocking the shelves. 
he really doesn't care that much about pickled vegetables at all. Um, and so you have to figure out, you know, does this guy care about margin? Does he care about shelf space? Like, what does he care about that I'm going to figure out with him? And then it's going to be different store to store. Yeah. Um, so you really can't take it personally that they may not have time for you and you have to come back and make them make time. <laughs> yeah, and the, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like you have to, it's like five trips basically mm -hmm. before you get to a decision maker. Exactly. Maybe more. <laughs> exactly. Um, and you have to be nice to everyone. Yep. Along the way, lots of samples. Yeah. And your only goal is like get on the shelf. It doesn't matter where in the beginning, it doesn't matter how much, it's just like, get it on the shelf because if you can get it on the shelf you can go back and start doing your demos do, build your relationships whatever it is so that's my other piece of advice i'm always like i literally don't care where you put it let's just get it on the shelf well, well that's when you start learning yeah so so you learn nothing and it's just you doodling mm -hmm. until you're on a shelf right once you're on a shelf now you start to learn what the store thinks mm -hmm. You start to learn what customers think mm -hmm. and you can go and demo and you can really yeah learn what customers think so th that's obviously the thing I think a lot about product market fit. Mm -hmm. Get in stores, get in just a few that you yeah. can manage and find out what customers think. So then you can, you know, change your price, change the name, change yeah. the colors, change the product, mm -hmm. change everything, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So you're in yes, you get into more, you're mm -hmm. in, you know, you're in kitchen stores, you're maybe in a couple other stores at this point, maybe trying to pitch Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. What were you learning about your product? from talking to customers and did you did you adapt much yeah yeah it was really um so the first you know couple months of demoing are this awesome time where you're slogging tables and tablecloths and everything in your car and <laughs> talking to people and one of the first things i found out about my first iteration of packaging it was awesome and i had so many experiences like this i'd have all the packages out on the table and people would kind of approach the table and they they would look at the packaging and they would be curious and they'd approach me and they'd be like, this looks cool, but what is it? Um, and immediately just realized some really quick messaging errors that we had made and putting, you know, we put veggie confetti as the biggest um, text on the bag and people like didn't know what veggie confetti was, but they did know what pickled onions were. So we had to reverse like the hierarchy of the messaging on the bags. So immediately learned like, wow, this, these bags look cool, but people don't know what they are. So it's like, great, gotta go back to the drawing board, redesign so we have bags that speak to the customer and without me being there, tell them exactly what it is. So your first design, you basically learned you had to rebuild it. Exactly. And you know, you spend so much time trying to make that design perfect and it's it's just it's progress not perfection so you can't get started until you just put the first one in front of people because we you know we showed it to so many people and it doesn't mean that that work was like wrong or bad and that we didn't like catch those errors but we just got it in front of more people and got it on the shelf and you know when i was pitching it to people i knew they kind of maybe knew what veggie confetti was and just the same things didn't come up. Yeah. So learned a lot about the packaging. And then I think the other thing that we started to learn as we grew was just like, where does it sell best in store? Mm -hmm. um, so it's a pickled item and this typically would be with other like really traditional sandwich pickles or things like that. But we started to find out that some stores were putting it in their produce with salad dressings and other salad toppings. 
And that's somewhere where I would have never put this product initially and it ended up being like one of our best moving sets. So you just find out store to store and just getting it in front of people, like no matter yeah. how scary it is. And then you start to learn. Yeah. Then you start to learn, get better. One of the things uh, that, that we always talk about is your first design. Yeah. <laughs> people want to get it right. You know? Yeah. Uh, they want to hire the right person, spend the right money. Yeah. But everyone's got it wrong. Not through lack of effort, yeah. but through lack of customers. Right. And once the customers like meet that, like once like you know plan hits reality, mm-hmm. things change. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I loved your first set of packaging. That was really cool. Yeah, I got great feedback on it, and I loved it too. Um, it had like all these sleepless nights of like, do I put a window on the bag? Do I not put a window <laughs> on the bag? And you know, you just aren't gonna know the answers to those questions until. Um, until you do it. And, you know, I had a, I had a similar experience where I had to switch designers and my second designer worked and you're just not gonna, you're not going to get the answers until you start asking the questions and just doing it. So you're asking questions, you're making the product better mm-hmm. and you've grown from that one store to about a hundred or so stores now, a hundred or so stores today. Yep. So what was that growth? Is that 100 independents? Did you kind of work through chains? Were there kind of some good wins in there that yeah. you're pretty pumped about? Yeah. So I think in the beginning, it was all focusing on um, independent accounts. So when you're first starting it, when I was first starting, it looked like self-delivering to these stores, which was so awesome because even though I was I was just going for it, I had no delivery fee. I would bring you the product when you needed it. But it was so worth it because I was keeping their shelves full, building relationships and all the things that go in with that and seeing how quickly the product was moving, seeing where they were placing it. So 100% focused on independence until I couldn't drive <laughs> to meet all those stores. So my delivery circle just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's when I reached out to my first distributor and pitched the product. And we still did focus mostly on independent accounts at that time. So probably grew to like 30 independent accounts or so before I started focusing on big chains. And then that's when I really went after Whole Foods. And that was the biggest bucket jump just in terms of shelf space, platform, the amount of time you get back not driving your product around is pretty amazing. And and that was kind of you know, it was good to focus on those independents first and a lot of things worked out perfectly and our second redesign hit right before we hit the shelves at Whole Foods, like awesome. probably within <laughs> within like a week even. So a lot of the stars aligned there too. Yeah, and that's obviously been a big part of your growth. Exactly. The perfect product there. Yeah. Pretty cool story so far. There's a lot kind of a growth in front of Veggie Confetti. I mean yeah. you've proven that it works in the stores you're in. Mm-hmm. And so now it's growing the region. Going to another region mm-hmm. uh, will be a really interesting thing. We'll, yeah. we'll have to catch up on all that you yeah. know, in six months or a year. But just kind of wrapping up today, two questions I always like to ask is, yeah. what's you know what's a win that you're really proud of? Mm-hmm. Like, F yeah, like that yeah. was cool. And then what's something that's maybe not gone your way that you learned from? Yeah. I think a big win um, in the beginning, I really struggled with the importance of manufacturing. And when I started this product and this brand, I really didn't think about what it would be like when I had to make 6,000 units in a day. You go into this thinking, like not even 100% understanding 
how the product got on the shelf, right? Because like when I worked at yeah. Whole Foods, I was seeing all this product arriving perfectly packaged and I never quite went over into the manufacturing part. But I'm I'm really proud of starting chopping the onions by hand with a knife and moving on to a RoboCoop and so on and so forth and just going from making 30 cases at a time to being able to make 200 cases in a day and things like that. So it's really like falling in love with the manufacturing piece was really challenging for me because I was so just frustrated. Well, you wanted to, you thought the brand side was more exciting and thought the brand side was way more exciting and it's manufacturers kind of daunting and yeah, it's a lot of work. Exactly. Physical. But yeah, you did a great job of going from, yeah, like you said, the tabletop to 30 cases to, I don't know, what what do you do like in a week now? 300 cases? 300, yeah, (laughs) around 300 cases. So that's really exciting to kind of, and you know, even I have a team who's doing all the manufacturing now and I've stepped away from (laughs) chopping vegetables myself and, you know, crying for hours because you're peeling (laughs) onions or whatever you're doing. But, you know, even just stepping away at this early level, you realize, um, you realize how important it is to be close to your production and close to your product at all times. So I'm really excited about what that looks like in terms of starting to visit co-packers and like really learning about manufacturing at the next level, which is something I never thought I would say. I was like, <laughs> if I have to do this one more day. If I have to get up and, you know, be at the kitchen at 5 a.m. another day to get these onions chopped, I just can't do it. But a lot of crying. A lot of crying. It's underestimated in the pickled onion business. It's very underestimated. <laughs> and my kitchen mates around me, the the onion fumes <laughs> waft over into other. They're very strong. Um, so the good skill to have. But yeah, really, I think that's kind of like the biggest win is just I haven't even fully like owned manufacturing, right? Because we're not, it's not continuous you, yet. And you things come a like long that, way with it. Come a long way. And, and people knowing that that, like, that's it. If your product isn't good and it's not made well, then doesn't matter. Don't even put it on the shelf. There is no brand or market. Yeah, and then I guess like a a loss or a win, or I'm sorry, a loss or a like learning. Yeah, so something maybe you've lost, like it hasn't gone the way you wanted to, but you've learned from it. Yeah, and I think it's interesting for you because you've been really resilient. Right? Yeah, you just described kind of the painful elements of, of mm-hmm. part of the business, like yeah. the manufacturing. But I don't think you. You thought it was a win because yeah. you were able to kind of see it, do it, be resilient through it, and have a win. Yeah. Which is kind of the idea. Like, right. what didn't go your way and how'd you learn from it? Right. Is the question. Right. Um, or maybe you're just too positive. <laughs> maybe I'm you know, just too like, optimistic. <laughs> no, I think, I think something that, um, again, I guess it's like a, a learning is... So I had a, a customer who wanted to buy food service onions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, I just was kind of over it. It wasn't my brand. It wasn't on shelf. And I canceled. I told this person that I wasn't going to make pickled onions for them anymore. And I think the the learning there is like this person wanted to buy my product and use it. And I, I couldn't see like how that fit into my bigger plan. So if there are people who want to buy your product, don't say no because you're overwhelmed by, you know, the manufacturing or whatever it was. Yeah. And and really being able to see that like people may see your product other ways than you're seeing it. So like step into their shoes, see it through their lens and good things can come from that too. 
Yeah, I, I think that's that is a fantastic a learning. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, Kelsey. Yeah. Thanks for being here. I look forward to kind of chatting with you and another time to learn about how things have changed, how you've grown, what you've learned. Definitely. And yeah. Good luck. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm excited for my first official podcast experience. And I was telling <laughs> Colin how I listen to Guy Raz all the time. And, you know, maybe we'll talk to Guy Raz eventually. Yeah, yeah. So that's the plan. He's going to take my role yeah. in this podcast eventually. Well, you that's did our, a good job. Our goal. <laughs> cool. Well, Kelsey from Veggie Confetti talking about uh, her first two years. Thanks so much for joining us. Awesome. Thanks, Colin. Thanks for listening to Food Founders. If you like today's show, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you next time on Food Founders, stories from launch to scale.